Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch The Muppets Take Manhattan two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I am your other host, Ryan Rowe. Joining us today, we have a return guest. She's been here for Muppet Movie, Great Muppet Caper, and she's back again for Muppets Take Manhattan. Who are you, guest? My name is Christy Admiral, and I am very excited that these are the two minutes I received. Is that right? Awesome. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I was I, actually a little worried because it was like, not a lot happens here. But. It, it, it begins on a bummer, and then suddenly you get to see the Muppet. Well, we'll get into it, we'll but into it's it, nice yeah. to see our friends again in, in the second That's true. minute. Yeah. Right, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, so uh so let's let's establish that we are talking about minutes sixty-seven and sixty-eight of the Mubs Take Manhattan. In these minutes, Ronnie Crawford tells the gang about his plans for Manhattan Melodies, and then Pete writes to all the bears and chickens and things. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it opens on the diner and you have Jenny and Piggy uh and Pete's sad because they don't know where Kermit is. And then yeah. uh I'm going to keep calling him Lonnie the whole time because it's Lonnie Price, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah R- Ronnie comes in and then uh, you get to see all of the Muppets receiving their missives from Pete and it's very adorable. Right, right. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So, so before we get to to all of the Muppets celebrating, we do have a little over a minute of some of some sad sack stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> sad sack so, stuff is correct. <laughs> so we were talking er- earlier about how Piggy and Jenny's friendship kind of just comes out of nowhere. But I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm rethinking that here because like Jenny's being genuinely very sweet to Piggy here. You know, she says, aren't you excited? She's trying so hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Aren't you excited? You're going to be on Broadway to, to in a couple of months. And, yeah. It's very sweet. Right. And you know, Kermit's gone. I mean, obviously as, as we know, as, as they're about to tell Ronnie mm-hmm. and Pig, like la- last week, Piggy was like genuinely worried in a way that we don't see Piggy being human very often. <laughs> mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I do think Jenny and Piggy are bonding over first the good news that their show is going to get produced and now over their, you know, concern for Kermit. Yeah, there's been I mean through the whole movie, I I watched it yesterday, so it so it would be fresh in my mind. The whole movie i kept saying to my husband who was watching with me why does kermit cuddle with jenny so much like i was getting (laughs) as upset as piggy does so i understand uh i understand some of piggy's frustrations i can identify with them i would not be thrilled but jenny seems like we said ryan she's trying very hard to be supportive and actually be a friend rather than just uh, like the friendly person that that Kermit knows. Yeah, right. And we and did it, have a, a, something that was cut from a, a previous draft of the screenplay that we talked about last week, which was very interesting, where there were some lines where Pete asked Jenny if she loves Kermit, and Jenny says maybe. So hmm. we were we were very glad that they cut that <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> before the movie was shot. I no, I uh, I would be no fan of that. I don't. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's and it's not even like the human uh, human puppet relationship so much as the like the sanctity of the Kermit and Piggy dynamic for sure. Me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and and I do think that it makes Jenny more sympathetic if she apparently has no idea that. Yeah. That, yeah. There could be any chemistry between her and 
this frog that works for her dad. <laughs> She's just being a nice person. Like, that's yeah. just her nature. Yeah. yeah. Um, But so then, yeah, anyways, Ronnie comes walking in. And they're talking about how the they're going to be on Broadway in a couple of months. Ronnie comes strolling in. The first thing he says to any of these people is two weeks. Just comes Show barging into their, their restaurant, which is closed. <laughs> and which they note to him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, what, what I love is that is that, um, you know, he just walks. Like I said, he walks in and says two weeks. Pete says they're closed. Jenny just says, we're Kermit's friends. I'm Jenny. <laughs> and How does Ron- he? <laughs> yeah, go on. And, no, and then Pete says, I'm her father. Does not say his name. Like, I guess, oh, yeah. it's, I guess it's right there in the name of the restaurant. So, like, maybe yeah. he assumes Ronnie knows. I'm just Kermit's like- friend's father. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, then, and then Piggy could be like, I'm... Kermit's friend's father's, father's employee. employee. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually how I describe myself. <laughs> Kermit's friend's father's employee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's on your business card. <laughs> but yeah, so anyways, then then of course Ronnie starts to explain, which I love. I think it's so adorable the way Lonnie Price says, my dad says, and then he just kind of shrugs and says, I'm letting my dad help out with the show. Yeah. Like he's he's trying to uh to still seem cool. Right. We've we've talked before about how Lonnie Price Lonnie Price how Ronnie Crawford, the <laughs> exactly. character exactly is, is is kind of like an excitable little kid. You know, earlier when he's with his dad, he's like, Oh dad, yeah, yeah. Come on, <laughs> you know. And here he's just like, Oh, I'm a big boy. I'm letting my dad help out. Oh, yeah. he's really, he's very adorable. Uh, bef- like, pre-pandemic, I worked at Playbill, so I have, like, vague familiarity with producers and their ilk. And the idea of this kid being like, oh, my dad is going to fund a musical for me just this once <laughs> is really cute <laughs> to me. But also hints at, like, the actual... Uh, nepotism of the industry in a fun sure. way without being oh, bet, yeah. yeah without being over the top about it which i like yeah right. him putting on like this is my show and i'm just letting my dad help me with it is very cute <laughs> well well and, and i think you're right though that like this is how nepotism works yeah. and if he was just like oh you're right i'm i'm ronnie crawford i've, <laughs> I've worked for everything i had like like if he had a different attitude it would be horrible it would be yeah. off-putting. Yeah. But the fact that he's just like, oh boy, we're putting on a show. It's so and probably, different. You know. Yeah, a lot of people who have benefited from nepotism are probably not even this self-aware. Oh no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um but- uh, why does it have to be two weeks though? That's like mm-hmm. that is not that that's no time at all to prepare a show to go on Broadway. Two weeks is Absolutely nothing, but yeah, I, I know for the script purposes, it's just to create drama. But mm-hmm. like, I guess maybe uh, Bernard Crawford just doesn't want to spend a lot of money on renting rehearsal space and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a lot of questions about the final performance, which you obviously won't get to for a little while. But like, how how well does this sell? Like, what is there a packed house on well, opening night? Well, th- we we do see the theater on on opening night, and it is packed. It is, and it's, they're loving well, it. Yeah, they're really into it. It's, yeah, which is delightful. But I don't know how. Like, I I don't know it that much about Broadway. I know just enough that I'm like two steps removed from it. But I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> I don't think this, this is how it happens. Right? Not quite. <laughs> Um, but 
that speaking of speaking of this not being how it happens, Ronnie, of course, is like, you, you say Kermit is missing. The writer and star of my show is missing. And, <laughs> in two weeks. and Ronnie says this like he thinks it's absurd. But like, of course, it is absurd. Like, yeah, like we said, like. He can't believe it because none of that would happen, you know? It was already absurd. <laughs> right, right. And Before like, he found out that Kerm was missing. I do think that it's an, another sign of how more relatively down-to-earth this movie is, that, like, they don't lampshade that harder, you, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I think if this was Great Muppet Caper, there would be, like, a line about how, like, well, we we get, you know... We, we need to create drama somehow or something. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like a little bit, like sort of playing to the audience a little more. Yeah. Like there, would, yeah. there would be yeah. like a, it, it, it's plot exposition. It has to go somewhere. Right. Line, right. Now it yeah. feels grounded in reality in as much as a Muppet movie can, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple things about Ronnie's line here. <clears throat> I learned from Muppet Wiki that uh, there's a version of this line on the Muppets Take Manhattan read-along record which I guess is the only line spoken by a human character rather than a Muppet character. Mm. But Lonnie Price is not on that record because it's just the Muppet performers. So the line is spoken by Steve Whitmire doing a, a little bit of a voice as, oh, huh. as, as Ronnie Crawford. So so Ronnie Crawford sounds exactly like Bean Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's more just sort of uh, Steve Whitmire putting on a slightly more youth, youthful voice, <laughs> although he was still pretty youthful in 1984. Right, yeah. Yeah, he's like 25 or something, right? Yeah, something, he, he was very kid, young yeah. when he joined the Muppet Show, yeah. yeah. And then uh, in the Marvel Comics adaptation of the movie, uh, Ronnie asks Piggy if Kermit is missing, and Piggy says, no, he's in the back making guacamole. Of course he's missing. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny, but also, like, how is he supposed to know? He just walked in. Well, like, although I will say, it would be kind of nice to have some jokes in this scene. Yeah, it's very downbeat, the first little bit here. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's like a whole minute of, like, Kermit's gone, there's nothing we can do about it. Everything's terrible. There's some real stakes here, people. (laughs) Yeah. And Jenny realizes that there are stakes because she hops up and she says her catchphrase, no sweat, which (laughs) I I never realized until doing this podcast that that's Jenny's catchphrase. But this is the third time she said it. The third time. She says, she says, all essay questions, no sweat when she gets, when when we first meet her. And then Kermit, uh, when Kermit gets hired at the diner. He says, thanks, Jenny. And she says, no sweat. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. I feel like people don't really say no sweat anymore. Not anymore. No. no but like, I mean, did they in 1984 or does it just seem like it because this movie implanted it in our heads? I think people used to say it more often. No sweat. Yeah. What would you say now? I don't even know. Uh, people no, used to say like, not a problem after they yeah, said no, no problem, problem, which yeah, I, of I course, th- associate with Alf. I feel, like, 80s, I feel like I feel like no worries is more common now. No worries is very common. That's yeah. something I say a lot. Me too. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I actually picked up from when I took a trip to New Zealand in 2001, and I noticed that nobody there said no problem. They all said no worries, and I was like, oh, that's a cool. Oh, thing. it's so much maybe cooler. Maybe somehow that came over from yeah. other English speaking countries. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we got it from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, <laughs> most certainly like, did. From the yeah. Lord of the Rings DVD extras, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I remember when Gandalf is like, eh, no worries. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I was trying to think of a line where it could go, but I, I can't. But 
No worries, Frodo. We can only do what we can with the time <laughs> given to us. Anyways, whatever. I that's mean, it, that that doesn't not flow. Like you're right, fine. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Or like when uh, what's that? What's that giant fire fire demon comes up, and Gandalf goes, "Fly, you fools!" And then he goes, "No worries." And anyways, uh, that's like what that. happens. I like that guy. I like that guy, Gandalf. All right. It's been too uh, long since I saw those movies. Yeah, me too, man. Like I, I saw each one in the theater three times, and now I can like barely remember the dialogue. Wow. You know, I should. I got those Blu-rays. I should pull them out. Do it. I should. Next time I have eleven and a half hours. Right. <laughs> that's the rub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the problem. Um. But anyway, so so Jenny does say no sweat, and she grabs her new buddy Piggy, and they head out to go look for Kermit, which I do think is like. A really nice touch that she's like, come on, Piggy, let's go. You and me, you know? It's cute. Uh-huh. It's cute. Yeah, that she's not just like, I'm going to go find your man by myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, so Ronnie says, we got to get our friends back. All those bears and chickens and things. <laughs> How does he? Oh, I guess if he's read the script, he knows well, that there are bears and chickens involved. Right. Well, and, and Kermit told him in the in the office. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Because Bernard Crawford says, like, who's going to star in this or whatever? And Kermit's like, me and my friends. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're all bears and chickens. They're all bears things. and chickens and things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do love that the chickens get second billing. Like, out of all the... <laughs> it's not yeah. bears and dogs, you know, or whatever. It's yeah. bears and chickens, right? It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it means that it promises that we will get to see the chickens and the bears again. I- I'm most mm-hmm. excited about the dogs, and I'm glad we get to spend some time with them, like, further time. But that's just me. <laughs> right. Well, well, I remember when you were on here two, <gasps> yeah. two, two years ago. We, like... You, the whole th- the whole episode is about your Rolf enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, no, I was really excited. I got a clip with Rolf in it because uh, his job is my favorite of any of the alternate uh, alternative careers they're pursuing. And <laughs> my, uh, we'll get we'll get to the dogs in a second. But there like was a lingering question on my mind after the shot of them that like I, I will pose to both of you and see what you think. Awesome, can't oh, wait. Okay, yeah, um, teasing. <laughs> But but so before she heads out, Jenny asks her dad to send telegrams to Kermit's friends. So I got to thinking, like, even in 1984, were telegrams an anachronism? And well, like, they kind of were as far as I can tell. Like, I think, yeah, I, I don't think it was anyone's first thought because you could just pick up the phone. <laughs> right, right. Well, 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 it's like I found a Wired article from when Western Union stopped telegram service which was 2006 if you can believe yeah. that mm-hmm. and and in that article it says um they were most popular from the 20s to the 40s because it was cheaper to send a telegram than place a long distance phone call and then like around right like the depression that, wartime yeah and then around 1950 that changed and like long distance got cheaper so it's uh-huh. like this is 1984 <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know well um I think my parents received telegrams from a couple of relatives upon the birth of all three of their children in the 80s. So it was kind of like maybe kind of a novelty or almost sort of like a gimmick sure, by that okay, time. Okay. Or And also like here's a, a telegram, you know, it's it's on paper. It's kind of a keepsake that you can put in a scrapbook right, or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, I also 
found that thing about Western Union and uh, ending their telegraphy services, but they actually had a, a different company took over from them in 2006. And you can still send a telegram using uh, the service called um, iTelegram. Huh. And there's an Atlas Obscura, uh, Atlas Obscura article I found from 2015 where the director of operations of iTelegram said, as of 2015, they were still handling 20 million telegrams a year. Wow. I, I assume that's worldwide, not just in the U.S., but right, yeah. he said people use them for canceling contracts and sending legal notifications because a copy of the message is retained in our files for seven years and can be legally verified. Huh. So that's useful to have a third party well, yeah, well, with a copy of your legal documents. I, I remember about 10 years ago or so, I thought about sending you and Joe, our friend Joe Hennis, uh, who were roommates at the time, as as you know, of course, but our listeners may, or may not know. Um, I thought about sending you guys a Thanksgiving telegram, <laughs> and then it was like forty five dollars or something. Oh. <laughs> so well, it's just like uh, it's not worth it, you know. Yeah, when I was making my notes for this clip this morning, I and I was looking into this stuff, I came very close, Anthony, to sending you a telegram to this high telegram <laughs> service. But then I realized that, like, no matter what, like at the cheapest or the most expensive possible uh, payment uh, choice, it would not get to you by the time we recorded. So it just didn't seem worth it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been someday when you least expect it, I will send you a telegram (laughs) telegram from you. Can't wait. I really do look forward to it. It's just, it's just going to say, um, dear Anthony, stop, send reply. Stop Ryan. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, I guess we can just assume that either Kermit and Pete don't have everybody's phone numbers, or it's just kind of more visually interesting to see the characters all reading their reading telegrams telegram. on screen. Right. Yeah. Although they do, I love the idea that they do have addresses that are like some cave in Maine. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> like, that one, especially like the rest are all businesses, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah. The movie theater, the whatever the event po- hall where the Poca band hall, is. Yeah. Whatever, right. sco- or whatever Gonzo is doing, like working. I Although think that's he a says, traveling. He's in Michigan, aquacade. which is exciting yeah, for me. He's in Michigan personally. at an aqua. Oh, cause you're from Michigan, right? I am from Michigan. I, I've, uh, hmm. I haven't lived there since uh, 2012, but it is still home part one. So yeah, I was I got all excited about that because I did not remember that detail. Sure, yeah, that's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and and as we discussed, they shot that in in New York. Yeah, yeah, that so, checks out. So your two homes are both represented. Oh, in it's true. Gonzo's Gonzo's Aquacade. I love it. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, so Pete does then, of course, sit down to start writing telegrams. And what I love is that Pete says Jenny's catchphrase. He says, is no sweat. I write good. Yeah. <laughs> I liked I write good a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's really charming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, Pete, uh, we, every time Pete says anything, I feel like we talk about it being one of his famous lines. <laughs> but but I think, I think at maybe after the People's is People's speech, this is maybe his second most memorable line in the mm-hmm. movie right mm-hmm. dear bears and chickens and things is new york is play is time <laughs> yeah and lewis zorich gets this huge smile on his face when he says is time which is oh what a charming yeah that fellow. gets you excited he's yeah. a delight yeah he really is yeah <laughs> love him in this um and then as as christy teased much much earlier in the show we then mm-hmm. we see the whole gang reading their telegrams yeah. Uh, the, does it open with Fozzie? I believe yeah, it. Fozzie's the first yeah. one. Yeah. It's Fozzie. He says, Kermit needs me and wakes up Beth, which, 
Which does make me wonder, like, did he never fall asleep? It sure doesn't seem like it. <laughs> Maybe not. And then all the other bears wake up, including the future Bobo the bear. We see, get yeah, a, how about get a, that? Get a very clear shot of of future Muppet superstar Bobo the bear. I wondered if that was him. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was just some, some random bear puppet they had laying around. <laughs> Although he may have been built for this movie. I don't know. Do we, do we I, know I wanna s- Yeah, I want to say that he like they just built a bunch of bears for this because of, you know, the cave scene and everything. So yeah. then they just had him in the, you know, the, mm-hmm. in the Muppet warehouse or whatever when they were creating characters for Muppets Tonight. Yeah. So it's a, so this is his film debut. <laughs> yeah. Muppets from Space is his film debut, but it's not. Nope. Um, and then second, we see Gonzo, who says, hey, girls, we're going to New York. <laughs> Which... Gonzo here is in, he has a cast on his leg and his arm is in a sling and he has a bandage on his nose, which like I find very depressing. (laughs) The idea that like Gonzo has injuries that have not healed, you know, it's weird. Well, I just, I'm just thinking maybe he tries the same act every single day. That's exactly day what I was going to say. He's just getting injured. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably just he, continuing just to do the act. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, and he and he also does not seem to be at all put out here either. Like he's already no, he's been thrown around by his nose earlier in this movie. Like yeah, I, that's, that's <laughs> uh, I was more intrigued by the fact that he's sitting uh, on this very comfortable looking chair. I don't think it's the imitation leather easy chair from before. Well, it's it certainly doesn't but, seem to be leather. Like it has like no, no. But he has a little side table next to him with a tablecloth and a lamp, and there's a glass of milk on it. <laughs> so, but he's so just sitting cozy. outside, like by the bleachers at the Aquacade. <laughs> so he's just made himself very at home here. Yeah, that which raises the question of why is he so excited to go back to New York? <laughs> yeah, he has <laughs> he a loves, pretty cushy loves, gig. Loves the Aquacade, yeah. Um, and then uh, so next we see Doctor Teeth, who says, "We're going to New York." <laughs> And uh, we we mentioned earlier that there's a deleted scene with Bunsen and Beaker and Beauregard. Oh, um, <laughs> when they're at the po- at the beer hall at the polka event, mm-hmm. and you can see Beauregard and Beaker clearly in this shot. Like, yeah, even though we have not seen them previously in the movie. Yeah, I right. noticed Beaker. I didn't notice yeah. Beauregard. Yeah, yeah. So um, I I don't think you can see Bunsen, but like presumably the the puppet was on set also. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. right. But. <laughs> Yeah, and in the March seventh, nineteen eighty three draft, I don't know if this was shot or if this if it was some other version of this with Beauregard, but um, there's this scene here where Doctor Teeth and the band uh, run outside. Doctor Teeth calls for a taxi, and Beauregard is the driver of the taxi. Which Whoa. I get now that I think about that, it, it looks like Bo is the janitor in the the scene that we actually see in the movie. Right? Is he holding a mop or something? Yeah, he's or holding a broom. Br- broom, I think. Okay, so that must have changed at some point. But yeah, he's a, a cab driver in the draft. Hmm. Uh, he says, where are you going? Dr. Teeth says, do you know how to get to New York City? Bo says, is it close to Manhattan? <laughs> Dr. Teeth says, yeah, straight ahead, man. And then the cab shoots backwards out of the frame. Good so bit. <laughs> that's sort of continuing the whole, you know, Beauregard is the worst driver from yeah. I, Great I, Muppet I, Caper. Which... I kind of wish they had kept that, to be honest. Yeah, I would have liked that. It's good. But I think it maybe would have slowed like slowed down the momentum a little bit because it's just like here's somebody reading a telegram, here's somebody else reading a telegram. True, true. Yeah, so. I, I guess I would just love to have Beauregard doing more stuff anytime. Yes, and you know? and driving badly. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 
Um, and then, and then uh, we finally come to the big moment. We see Rolf and all the dogs, and everyone else has been saying we're going to New York. Rolf just says, "Yeah, yeah, right, right," and all the dogs <laughs> cheer. So, so go ahead, Christy. What's yeah, your, here's what's my your... question. Yeah. Uh, Snookums, the which I believe is the name of the dog, uh, the live dog, the yes, only dog. live yeah, dog. Coco drops off. Yeah, uh, like uh, conspicuously not in this shot. Do we think that that dog was be- being boarded briefly enough that he is like he because it's a he is no longer there, or are they just going to leave the live dog behind? Oh. <laughs> I don't know why I thought so hard about this, but it was immediately what I thought when they all came on screen after I got over my initial "haha, all the dogs are puppets" thing, which happens every <laughs> time there's a shot like this. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they don't, James Coco doesn't say how long it's for, right? He Does he say something about a week? Yeah, it's not very long. I know that. He might so, say something about, yeah, Snooki Ookums had better be very good while Daddy is away for the weekend. I, actually, I don't know. I might see. be making gonna, that up. I'm going to look it up. Um, yeah, uh, one of my secretaries made a reservation for the weekend in the name of Snookums. So, yeah, it's just one weekend. So, okay, so presumably that weekend has passed. Has passed, yeah. And and Snookums is fine, went home, didn't get too much abuse heaped on him by Jim and Frank. I hope not. But <laughs> what I wonder is, so this is a kennel, right? Yes. So these dogs all belong to people, but they're, they're now all going to travel to New York City with Ralph. So what happens when all of these dog owners show up at the kennel and there are no dogs there at all? The place is completely empty. <sighs> Here's the thing. The conditions don't seem that good in that kennel. And I feel no. like they're better off, uh, like, traveling and being, like, uh, like animal actors than they would be hanging out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. And also, I like to imagine that Rolf left a note that was just, like, oh. pick up your <laughs> dog at the, uh, what's the name of the theater again? The Biltmore. Yeah. Biltmore Theater. Yes. Yes. In Biltmore Theater, New York City. <laughs> And where is he, Delaware? <laughs> I, I think so. I just... So, Let's yeah, see. it's not... It, it, you can drive from Delaware to New York City in a couple hours. Yeah, just to pick up a dog? Yeah. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyways, after Rolf, we get one more, and it's Scooter. Scooter does say we're going to New York. He's in mm. the theater, and of course, the Swedish chef claps, and New Zealand excitedly nods at the fish in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's talking to it. I'm sure he is, yeah. It looks like he's telling the fish, like, hey, we're going to go to New York. Yeah, which I love that Scooter's um, co-worker, the Swedish chef, and also (laughs) just some guy who's at the theater, New Zealand. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Like, he's just a guy who goes to the movies a lot. The guy he just met. Yeah, Yeah. which, like, we know from his scene that he's seen that Killer Fish movie 97 times. Mm. So this is probably not the same night, right? Like, he's just... He's still that he's coming oh. back every night to see the killer fish and throw. I fish guess so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's just what he does for fun. Ah, uh, see, this is what you notice when you watch two minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then so we get we get all the gang celebrating, and then finally we close on seven seconds of a doctor walking down the hallway of a hospital. Such we- suspense because this entire clip, like. All we know going into the two minutes is that Kermit has been hit by a car. 
And then now we know we're cutting to a hospital, but we still don't know what Kermit's fate was. Right, right. We see we see neither the doctor's face nor her patient. So oh, true, true. Like we can assume that it's Kermit, but we we don't know it yet. Yeah. And we don't know what shape he's going to be in once she gets to his room. He could be, you know, totally mangled and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he could, could be. be could horrible. be rough. Yeah. Yeah. The rest the rest of the movie is about Kermit's <laughs> grueling recovery. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> that would not be fun. Not at all. No. No. But we will find out next week. Christy, I'm afraid you will never find out. Ah. But um, do either of you have any thoughts about these two minutes before we go? Uh, there. I mean, as I said, I, I apparently liked them more than you thought that I would like them, which is nice and pretty meaty. Yes. Yeah, fun stuff. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I had from the, the screenplay draft is that... Uh, in the draft, Piggy stays behind at the diner to write the telegrams, which really doesn't make sense because, like, she's the one who knows Kermit the best, so she should be out there looking for him. Right. Yeah, and it also would not be as funny. You know, that like, right. like we said, that Pete line is, or like I said, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was a good change. Also, like, the Piggy that we really know from The Muppet Show isn't going to write telegrams to Gonzo and Fozzie to get them to come back no. to her. No. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, she doesn't care about those guys. Not so much. You know? Yeah, so before we go, Christy, we like to ask our guests, do you remember the first time you saw Muppets Take Manhattan? And and what's your history with it? And, like, where would you rank it among the Muppet movies? Oh, so I do not remember when I last saw this. I must have been young enough that I barely could form memories of the Muppet movies, which is basically true of all three of them until I've rewatched them relatively recently, like the original ones. This ranks pretty high for me, and I think it probably ranks higher now that I did live in Manhattan for a few years, and every time I w- uh, my husband and I watch something that's set in New York and filmed on location, one or the other of us beats each other to the joke of, I've been there. Uh, of course, that I'm happened sure, as, yeah. as soon as this movie started. I would not... It would not... Huh, it might be third in my order of the original ones. Uh, it... it as ever, it ranks below Christmas Carol. It's probably on pretty equal footing with uh, Treasure Island and the Muppets. And it would be above Muppets from Space. And as we know, or maybe we established last time, I still have not seen Muppets Most Wanted. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, I should probably, I'd be really curious to hear what you think. I mean, like Disney Plus has reopened uh, my, my Muppets viewing in a major way. Like, uh, we, like uh, Muppet, Muppet Show is now regular week, weekend viewing in the Admiral oh, household. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Love yeah. that. Yeah. What a, what a wholesome choice. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true of a lot of people. Just like people who wouldn't necessarily thinking, you know, wouldn't have thought about going out and buying a Muppet movie on Blu-ray or any other form. And now it's right there in front of them on Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. I've heard from a number of I mean, people like you who generally like the Muppets, but like hadn't watched the Muppet show certainly in years or decades. No, no, definitely it's, not. It's been so many people who've said they're watching it on Disney Plus and it's just like. Man, what a time. What a it's, what a wonderful thing. It's so good yeah. and it's so it's so much wilder than I remembered, which of course is true of all of the 70s and 80s Muppets material. Like it just like had no recollection of just how 
Uh, I keep wanting to say gonzo because that's what it is, but that's <laughs> right. not the that's not the word that I want to use right now. Right. But it's so sure. it's so fun. It's so madcap. But yeah, uh, I've been liking it a lot lately. So it was, you know, it was nice to dip back in to this one particularly. Awesome. Yeah, yeah and uh, you you mentioned it's back on Amazon Prime again, right? For yeah, this like, movie for, for in particular me? is. I, I oh. mean, so many weird rights issues going on, but yeah, you can watch it on Amazon Prime if you are a subscriber. Right, which when we when we started this season, it was off again. <sighs> but it, it's one. Of, it seems to like cycle out like every year or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm glad. Yeah, I don't back. really understand that. I guess they just make deals with whoever will pay them the most for their catalog. Yeah, I don't time. understand at all. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. It's weird, but anyway, that just about brings us down to the end, uh, listeners. Be sure to check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, we're all over the place. If you have thoughts about these minutes or Jenny's catchphrase or anything else, <laughs> uh, you can email us at movingrightalong at toughpigs.com. Thank you to Stacy Rosen for writing our theme music, and thank you to Morgan Davey for designing our logo. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. And um, actually, I keep, I just realized. That listeners, if they want to, can follow me on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. I've been meaning to mention uh, that, and I keep forgetting to. Uh, so if you and want, I actually forget my Letterboxd, but <laughs> I would love to have more followers there. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm. Yeah, I don't want to say it and be wrong. I don't yeah, know, I, I should check what mine is. <laughs> and my movies are neat. It's something, uh, like, something that. like that. That's a, yeah, gets good. <laughs> it's I don't know, better than mine. <laughs> um, because we're friends on there. Like I know that I, yeah, I'm yeah. friends with both of you yes. guys on there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ryan, yeah. I mean, you can follow Ryan on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat. Um, <laughs> so, Christy, where can our listeners find you and your work online? Sure. Uh, um, my Twitter is locked right now, but I let most people follow me, and it is at Admiral Christy, spelled like Admiral, spelled like C H R I S T Y. Uh, the podcast I co host with Phil Gonzalez, Pizza Toast, is on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you listen to shows. And uh, the Twitter handle for that is Pizza Toast Pod, and that is also our Gmail address. I don't know why you would want to email us, but if you did, go right ahead. That's fine. Uh, and I write on occasion for Nerdist, so if you Google my name, you're going to be able to find it pretty easily. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. Always oh, a delight to have you. Yeah. On. Thank you so much for having me. Any. Anytime I have an excuse to watch some Muppets, I will watch some Muppets. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad yeah. we can do that for you once a year. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Great. All right. And listeners, uh, don't forget to give us an extremely positive review on your podcatcher of choice. And every person that you pass on the street, look them right in the eye and tell them <laughs> to listen to Moving Right Along. We'll be back. We'll be back next week for another episode. Goodbye. No sweat.